This is Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast, bringing you insights and views from across Asia's food value chain. Now for today's interview. Hi again, everybody. This is Duke Hip of Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast. And we're joined today by a special guest on a special day. Uh, of course, today is World Food Day. And we're happy to be joined today by Mr. Alexander Bukowski, uh, director, uh, regional director, I should say, of APAC at Syngenta. Hi, Alex. Hey, Duke. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Great. Thanks for joining us. Well, as I mentioned, it's World Food Day, and uh, there are a lot of things we look forward to getting in with uh, on that topic and talking about the supply, sustainable, safe, nutritious supply of food here in, in Asia. So, and on that topic, I guess this is probably the one day more than any other where that is really the, the topic uh, to, to consider uh, to reflect on some of the really the critical importance of that food supply here in Asia and that it is secure, safe, and sustainable. And the, theory, the theme for this year, uh, you know, per uh, United Nations is our actions and our future. Better production, better nutrition, and a better environment and a better life. I know uh, that you and your team in Syngenta here in Asia Pacific take great pride in the actions that we're taking to ensure all of those. Maybe you could share a little bit about uh, some of the work that Syngenta is leading in Asia on, on that front. Sure. Well, it's a very big topic uh, on our agenda, as you can imagine. You know, agriculture is, is a very old industry, as, uh, as we all know, and it has evolved quite a lot. I mean, since the times of, of Green Revolution, uh, farmers have, have really increased their yields and improved their quality thanks to modern technologies, thanks to uh, better seeds, uh, more effective crop protection and fertilizers. But the world is very dynamic these days, and, and the pace of change requires you know, all, all the value chain players, all the companies to continue innovate, continue bringing solutions to address the challenges you were talking about. And of course, food security is a priority number one. Uh, I think today more than 800 million people globally uh, go to bed hungry, right? Without proper access to food. And uh, almost half are here in Asia. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a critical, priority for, for the region. And on top of that, climate change is making agriculture more and more difficult. Uh, I think in future, if we do not take actions, uh, it would be a real challenge to secure yields for farmers with the extreme weather events, droughts, prolonged rainfalls. Uh, it's just becoming more and more difficult. So clearly for Syngenta, uh, it is a call for action. And, and it is it is really a central part of our of our strategy to secure food production, to ensure that farmers are equipped uh, and can really contribute positively also to the climate change. So agriculture is seen as a solution, not as a problem. Um, and of course, we're working on uh, on various initiatives on on many on many projects, and, and we remain very committed to continue investing in in, in our R and D to bring solutions. To farmers, uh, so they can address uh, they can address those challenges. Thanks for that. Well, something you touched on, I wanted to maybe get into a little bit a little bit deeper, and that is within the context of sustainability and food production. Uh, something that came out earlier this year, the United Nations again uh, uh, produced a, a report called the 2021 Food Security and Nutrition Report, and it had some, some troubling, um, you know, troubling I think information in that in that report. Certainly relevant to to Asia. Um, and really the, the, the world at large, specifically with respect to 
the sustainable development goal, I believe number two, zero hunger. And that we're frankly, we're going to miss that mark, right? By, by 2030, by some 60, 660 million people. And by the way, that's actually to be 30 million more than if there had never been COVID-19. So it's obviously had a detrimental effect on our ability to begin to produce that, that sustainable supply of food. So within the context of the SDGs, the unit also had a very, very important conversation just recently earlier this year, the Food System Summit, which I know, again, our listeners will be aware of and, and we've talked about before. And it's looking really at problems just like that, identifying uh, and launching new actions to address uh, all of the seven, 17 SDGs where we're falling short and how to really bridge that gap. So in, in your mind, again, a lot there to think about, but within the, the context of the SDGs and frankly about building resilience, is there a must have in your mind when it comes to making our food systems here in Asia more res resilient? What would that, what would that be? Oh, absolutely. And I think COVID has certainly demonstrated that there is a risk, a uh, significant risk to, uh, to the region. Uh, it has shown how fragile our food system is uh, with the closure of the borders, uh, inability of uh, workers to move from one region to another, just the disruption of the entire supply. Uh, so clearly, it's, uh, it was not an eye-opener, to be honest. It was just a confirmation that actions have to be taken. And I strongly believe that uh, sustainable agriculture is the only way to address the future food supply and food security. Uh, it, there is no conflict. Uh, some people think that, you know, investment in sustainable agriculture would make it even more difficult for farmers to generate yields and, and really to secure the volumes needed. But it's the only way. It's the only way for the future. And I think as a company, uh, we're, we're really investing a lot in, in helping farmers to move to more sustainable agricultural practices. So when we talk about, uh, for example, CO2, emission, CO2 emissions, this is where farmers can really make a difference, uh, changing to no-till or min-till practices uh, that would allow CO2 to be preserved in the land is a great step. It's a, it's a significant contribu contribution to the, to, the, to the climate change. And we are bringing technologies, and these technologies, I think, can address many fundamental challenges. But it's not only about the product itself. It's also about how farmers use it. It's about how farmers deploy the innovation, the technologies which, which we bring. And, and we're investing a lot in, 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 in education. We have more than 100 uh, development and learning centers across the region where farmers can come, uh, they, can, they can learn, we, we share our knowledge from all around the world, uh, which we bring to, uh, to, to our countries here in the region. So farmers can really uh, deploy these practices here. It's, 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 it's just fundamentally important. Um, and and we, will, we will certainly continue doing that. COVID has, has shown that, um, you know, smallholder agriculture, agriculture is particularly vulnerable because it is so fragmented. And uh, it's, it is so important to provide those holistic solutions to farmers. So, you know, their needs can be addressed. And that's why partnerships and collaborations are, are critically important to address the sustainability uh, challenge, which I think we all face today. That's a great answer. Thank you for that. Uh, um, you know, I'd like to stick with that if we could a little bit, a little bit more going into the third question around sustainability. It, it is you know, it's on the surface for many, it's certainly a buzzword, but, it, but as you know, and as you just explained, it's much more than that. It's really become more of a societal expectation 
around um, where is our food coming from, how is it produced, and all the things that go into that. And understandably so, greater awareness around that by the public at large. So, um, you know, keeping that keeping that same theme going forward. There's also a common misconception, I think, um, among too many that maybe sustainability and greater food production are really mutually exclusive. But of course, that's just not the case. Um, and I'd like to maybe pick your brain a little bit about about that topic and specifically around the role of innovation, technology, and making food systems actually more sustainable and more productive at the same time. Yeah. Well, maybe first thing, just a reaction to your comment. And I fully agree that very unfortunately, but today people just do not appreciate uh, what where, where, where the food is coming from and what farmers do. They just don't recognize this hard work, unfortunately. And I think it's really important uh, to explain what it, what it takes to uh, uh, deliver food from farm uh, to the you know, place what we, what, what we eat every day. Um, I also think that uh, you know, farmers are in a way in a very unfair position. Uh, it is smallholder agriculture. It's very complex, it's multi-layer. There are too many players. And despite all the hard work, it's always the middleman who generates the income. So farmers are not recognized uh, properly, right? They, they, they have no negotiation power. There is no scale, right? There are no economies of scale in smallholder agriculture to make farmers uh, more, uh, more profitable, more effective. So they can invest again in more sustainable, in more sustainable practices. And I think this is uh, something which I think we all should be, should be mindful of. The, the, the smallholder structure of agriculture in a way is a bottleneck uh, and, and uh, the only way to uh, to address it is to uh, is to create solutions or platforms to have all the uh, players together value chain uh, input providers traders to again help farmers to uh, generate uh, high revenue so they can move to more sustainable practices because again we're talking about sustainability some, as you said, it's a bit of a cliche statement. We're talking about sustainable, what it really means. Uh, it, and I think it really means change of what farmers do today. I'll give you an example. Um, we see in many countries that farmers are opening new land. Uh, they're expanding because their land, unfortunately, doesn't provide the yields they need because of soil erosion. Uh, and what they do, they just go and, 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 and start planting on the areas where they're not supposed to. And I think it's really important that, first of all, they understand how to take care of their land, of what they have, to regenerate, so ensure that, you know, regenerative agriculture uh, helps them to uh, produce uh, all the crops with what they have, not necessarily uh, trying to expand. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, it's, it's just one example which shows the importance of right agricultural practices. It's, it's in many cases, unfortunately, still a bit short-term driven for farmers today uh, because they, again, they have no ammunition. They have no ability to, to plan for long-term uh, because, again, they, they, it's, it's the middleman in most of the cases who gets all the income. But it's so important, so important that farmers are in the center of everything and that they're incentivized uh, properly, and that they can invest more in sustainable practices. 
I'm glad you brought that up. That is that's sort of a, the theme of our our fourth question too, kind of segueing into that uh, little deeper dive with the smallholder, um, you know, uh, perspective here in Asia. Here in this region, as you know, we're, we're home to the, the smallest size farms and the, and, the, and the largest number of smallholders in, in the world uh, that are doing the, the work you just described so well. And these men and women face so many challenges that you just uh, addressed, really. Uh, access to finance, landholder rights issues, availability of technology, and quality inputs among them. So many, many issues. You throw in on top of that, you know, the, the challenges around climate change, which we're seeing more droughts, more floods, more pests, weeds, and disease to continue with that as a result of that. It's quite a tough job. It's getting just getting tougher, frankly. Is there more, even beyond what you just, you just got into, is there more perhaps that we could do to really support these smallholders specifically? And maybe some some ideas you have around, around that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dick. I think smallholder agriculture is really difficult. Uh, there are more than 450 million farmers across the region, uh, millions of retailers, and hundreds of thousands of distributors. Huge complexity, too many layers, a lot of inefficiencies in the entire system. Farmers do not get uh, a fair price, and consumers do not get the fair quality. So the, the, the entire chain is too complex, it's too long. So I think what's really important is to ensure that farmers get closer to consumers. And that's, I think, a big change for the future. Uh, in the past, it was almost impossible to imagine. Just think of hundreds of millions of farmers and billions of consumers. No way you could, you could connect them together. In the current world of digital technologies, in the current world of digital platforms that allow farmers to get directly connected with consumers, this is becoming possible. And I strongly believe that this would be a, a breakthrough for agriculture in Asia. Uh, and, and as a company, we're, we're very committed to support um, young emerging startup companies who develop solutions to help farmers um, get closer to consumers. Uh, we also understand that uh, it will take time and, and I think we should, we should be patient. But as large company, I think it is our responsibility uh, to support small startups because they're very innovative. Uh, they, they develop solutions which would really change the market landscape. We've recently invested in a company called Sourbox in Indonesia. So what they do, they actually purchase vegetables and fruits directly from farmers. Uh, and they have a e um, um, internet platform, uh, it's a grocery, where they sell it directly to consumers, basically bypassing all these layers of inefficiency on the middleman. So it's a win-win, it's, it's great for farmers and it's great for consumers because they get fresh uh, and high quality produce. And, and we, we actually think it is the future and we would continue investing, uh, helping these companies to grow. I'm really pleased to see so many young and talented people in many countries now investing in agriculture. Uh, I think in the past, agriculture was seen as an industry with a very low level, low level of interest to invest. I think now we see more and more venture companies, investment funds willing to put capital into, into agriculture. And I think it is because of digital solutions. It is because of platforms that really allow to make a, a big change for the entire industry. 
Thanks for that answer. And you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking, you know, when, uh, that, that situation you just you just described so well, we saw it play out. The, the, the difficulties uh, around the region when COVID-19 was really, was really wreaking havoc. You had these movement restrictions in place. Technology really did step in and, and take uh, and play a larger role, filling the gap to, as you said, bring farmers closer to the consumers. So it's definitely, it's happening. And maybe if there's a silver lining that perhaps that's it. Um, yeah, and, 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 and not only to consumer thing, another significant opportunity is connecting farmers with financial institutions, uh, with the value chain players and traders, again, with, with the platforms which uh, emerge these days. We have also recently invested in one Indian uh, financial startup, Jai Kisan. What they do, they facilitate financing from banks and, and other financial institutions. Uh, and, and we think that this is a major bottleneck. Farmers do not have access to, uh, to capital, uh, or if they have it, it's just, uh, it's just not affordable. Uh, so um, we think that helping farmers to get uh, capital at reasonable rates would allow them to invest in technologies. And again, uh, practice more sustainable agriculture. It's all interconnected. All these things are very, very interdependent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, this brings us to our fifth and final question. And so with this one, we usually sort of, we've talked a lot about the challenges. We've gotten into that usually by this point. We'd like to maybe take, pivot a little bit and just take one last look at the region and think about you know, where the opportunities are, where the progress is, is being made. And if you could take a look in your crystal ball by five or 10 years, is there something you would point to and say, well, this is an area where, you know, you would predict that we'll see some progress, we'll see some some big development. Maybe it's in the, on the tech side, you mentioned the connectivity between farmers and consumers, maybe it's the finance side, but any thoughts you have? Yeah, well, I might appear a bit trivial here, but um, I, I, I do believe that ecosystems, digital ecosystems, would change the market. And as, as we've just talked, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something which we could not even think of the past, reaching grows at scale. Uh, and even as, as Syngenta is our company, we've been you know, in, in Asia for almost 100 years, side by side with farmers, helping them to increase their yields, improve the quality of their produce. But it's been always difficult to reach scale. It's been really challenging for us to get to a meaningful number of growers to make a bigger difference. And that's what's becoming possible now. We can share our knowledge at scale. We can share our technologies at scale, thanks to these platforms. And, and we can really bring the, the stewardship programs. We can educate farmers towards the more sustainable agricultural practices. And it's not only us, it's all market players, right? We talk about uh, fertilizer companies, we talk about financial institutions. All would have uh, access to you know, they have so many farmers in the region, but all would have access to, to farmers. And I think it, it is a major, it is a major change. But also maybe a second element when we talk about digital solutions, it's also digital practices, precision farming, for example. So, uh, you know, you see already now in many countries, Japan, for example, uh, farmers are using drones for planting, for uh, usage of uh, fertilizers or crop protection products. And in the, in the environment with the shortage of labor, it is extremely, extremely critical. So it, because it, it, it addresses all the questions uh, and again, it helps to increase yields in a more environmentally friendly way. So I, I think digital solutions would really bring 
agriculture in Asia to a different level. And I think it is our responsibility to, to support companies, support smaller companies, to invest, to invest internally and externally, to build partnerships, to connect all the value chain players together. I think collaboration between all would be really critical. And these days, no way one company can, can solve it. It is a complex world as we as we talked with, with, with a huge change of with a huge pace of, of change. And it's it's really important to act together and address holistic needs of, of farmers. Thank you for that. And, and with that answer, you are officially off the five good questions hot seat. Thank you, Alex, so much for joining us on World Food Day. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Dick. Thanks a lot. Great discussion. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to bringing you another five good questions interview.